When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. You can just hear the resigned applause and probably a few groans and moans actually at the end of the second day's play because the bogey of Old Trafford has struck England again. In fact, it's amazing. England haven't beaten Australia here in Manchester since 1981. Been a sequence of either Australian victories or draws and they just seem to look really at home on this surface. And they were again today. They, of course, uh, piled up nearly 500 runs, 497 for eight. They declared at about an hour before the end of play. England actually did well to survive the last 10 overs or so, uh, to lose only the wicket of Joe Denley. He was brilliantly caught by Matthew Wade at short leg on the rebound. Uh, Actually, the Australians probably bowled a bit too short, generally. Didn't make the England batsmen play enough. And actually, Craig Overton, who came in as night watchman, played really well at the end there, looked very calm in the face of some aggressive fast bowling from Australia but it's been Australia's day and particularly of course Steve Smith's day 211 what a way to answer the doubters after being felled by Joffrey Archer at Lords it wasn't a faultless innings it wasn't a flawless innings he could have been caught and bowled by Joffrey Archer early in the day actually when he miscued a full toss straight back to the bowler and it went through his hands and went to the boundary he played and missed quite a lot there was a, a possible chance off Jack Leach, which skewed into the outfield and just fell safe. He was, of course, out of a no ball, caught at slip off Jack Leach, and then it was a judged LBW. Uh, it was judged a no ball just when the batsman was three quarters of the way off the field, and he played some weird shots in, in amongst uh, some of the more uh, traditional and thoroughbred ones. Uh, I mean, he's getting more eccentric by the day in the way that he leaves the ball, in the way that he has these strange mannerisms. Actually, after he hits a four or after he mishits, he often 
often does a sort of gesticulation as if that's where the ball should have gone, uh, sort of waves his hands in the air in exasperation of not perfectly timing the ball, which actually can drive the bowlers nuts. I remember uh, batsmen who've done that to me in the past, haven't quite hit the ball uh, quite as cleanly as they thought and, and sort of almost mimicked what they should have done. And it does drive the bowlers crazy, that kind of thing. But Smith, it's, it's incredible, actually. His composure, his consistency, his incredible concentration, his insatiability is remarkable to watch. And he totally dominated the bowling again today. England tried so many different plans to get him out. None of them worked. In the end, actually, Stuart Broad was probably the best bowler and beat the edge a few times just with conventional balls that just cut away from around about the off stump. So maybe that's the way to go in the future. But uh, Smith, certainly the figure of the day again, and Australia in a fantastic position can't really see how they can lose this test match now they may not win it England have to try and bat now for the best part of two and a half days and the pitch is still playing pretty well although obviously it's turning quite a bit and Leach got the ball to to really spin a few times but it's slow so the batsmen should be able to, to deal with that if they can just get past this new ball in the morning they will have a chance of being able to at least save this game and and still keep the ashes alive until the oval Now, I mentioned about Australia's amazing dominance here at Old Trafford, and so I thought the best person to talk to about that was a guy who's featured in quite a bit of that dominance, Ian Healy, the former Australian wicketkeeper who played here at Old Trafford in two comprehensive victories for Australia, and I wanted to talk to him, really, about why it's such a popular venue for the Aussies. You've had quite a successful record uh, at Old Trafford, not only Australia, but you personally, actually, uh, 93, that great win there and the incredible warm delivery, of course, which sort of set yep. the tone. And then the 97 test match, I remember being interviewing Steve Waugh, actually, on the, the top turret of this pavilion here after his second 100 of the game. Yeah, um, and he fought a lot of pain in that second 100 with, with a hand injury due to constant, um, you know, the balls he faced. Uh, the handle was really irritating his... Uh, gap between index finger and thumb, so he did well there. Um, we, we did uh, our tail end worked well with him in that second innings too. Um, yeah, I think I think we consider Manchester quite iconic, a bit like Lords uh, Old Trafford to us is a special place. Many many Australians support the football team, um, so to come to Old Trafford is is special. Uh, maybe not as special as Lords, but it's up there. Is it? Something do you think actually does affect a team if you've got a really impressive record at a particular ground, you know, or somewhere that you've consistently won? Does that percolate through to the the current side? Oh, it might, um, especially if it is a strong and lengthy. I mean, you've got Steve Waugh, for instance, working with the team here, for instance. Now you've got Justin yep. Langer, who you know played in previous Old Trafford tests and stuff. So I suppose that they'll they'll continue to pass that message on. Yes, yeah. As long as it's a lengthy tradition, I think it's probably worth uh, discussing or feeling um, and portraying. Um, so yeah, 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 but. This side's also very good at staying in the moment, um, making sure that you play good cricket. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're not bowling where you promised to bowl it, or if you're not making big runs, you, the team's got to support support things and get it right. Otherwise, it doesn't matter where you are, you're gone. Well, just go back to that 93 test, uh, you know, the first time that Shane Warne had obviously played in an Ashes series and you were keeping. What, what was it like? What was that first ball like from your perspective? 
Um, well, from memory, they were going pretty well, actually. They, they, you know, they'd started quite well. And, you know, it was time for him to come on. He, he'd been hit around quite a bit the week before against Worcester, so we weren't expecting huge things of him. He had to get it right. Uh, we'd seen him bowl some brilliant deliveries and spells in New Zealand, the tour just before the, before the Ashes tour. So we knew his potential, but to do it first ball, no way, against Gat, you know, that was the main thing, I reckon. Well, not the main thing. It was an important thing. The, the, you know, the best player of spin in that team gets hammered by that first ball and you sort of feel the England side go, hang on, we, we could face this bloke for 10 years. And turned out to be 15. So it, it was a very impactful one ball. It wasn't by any means the best ball he'd ever bowled, even up to that stage. It swung just enough and it so spun it just yeah. enough. Yeah. And Gat was just slow enough spectating it. He was having a good look at it too, you know, but forgot to really smother it with his front pad and snap his bat down because he didn't suspect the threat that Warren was going to be, I guess. And you, uh, there was some sort of initial suspicion that maybe you dislodged the bear with your pad oh, or something. God, get out of it. Who said that? <laughs> oh, quite Jesus. a few people. I think Dickie Bird. I think Dickie Bird called that. <laughs> well, it did not. It didn't make much of a noise. I must admit it. It just clipped the the top of the off. The stump. modern bales wouldn't probably have come no, off. No, that's right. Good call. Um, no, so yeah, yeah. Gat kept walking off and looking back and looking at me, and I was nearly gonna unload on him, you know, just get off, mate. It hit the stump, but I, I didn't. I held my tongue. Surely respectfully, not. You held your tongue? Respectfully. Surely forget. not. Yes. Yes, I did. Did you? It must have been the only time. One of one of few times, yes. I, uh, I must have been getting more mature by 1993. Do you think it's uh, one of the reasons that the Aussies are good here? And you've had, you know, two very successful test matches here yourself, and there's been a sequence since. Is perhaps the, the pitch, which... It's quite Australian-like in a, in a way that there's a bit of extra bounce, there's a bit of extra pace, it's quite consistent, there's a bit of reverse swing, a bit of spin. It, do, do you think the Aussies sort of feel at home here in a way? Um, yeah, I reckon we do. We like coming here, so that, that's sort of a, a comfort to everyone, um, even from the first practice session, you know, or, or the feeling of being on the bus, the coach, to get here. So uh, we feel at home, um, but we've also had some great teams, some great teams who have got all those um, facets of play you mentioned covered, whether it's spin, uh, quicks, reverse swing, batters that can grind it out, batters that can make light of tough batting conditions. It's, I think it's a better batting pitch these days than it was in the, in the games we've played on. Um, it was always quite a slow pitch that didn't offer the bowlers a whole lot, but then spun. And the batsman, if you're going to make runs, it took time. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, we've had sides, mate. We've had good top orders. We've had Yeah, enough good of the bragging. Spinners. OK, all right, all right. So, uh, you know, good fair, fair point, fair point. But good keepers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you just come over from, from Oz? So what's the impact of this series being back home? It's huge. It's really, really huge. Um, uh, so I think everyone wanted more of our World Cup performance, but I think we got what we deserved with the team we had. Um, and Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis were out of form, and you don't you don't do much better in a World Cup um, 
with your five and six out of form. Um, so that was a pretty good performance and everyone was happy with that. And, and then with the Ashes, it's a bit of an unknown. You know, I suspect and I think this Australian side should win these Ashes. Should have. I tipped them early doors um, because of the, ta- the attack they've got. And um, I thought Warner would play better. But, but you know, it, um, it's been huge. The, the television viewers all through the night, big. Mm. Uh, the impact of what's happening is huge. It's got almost got ticker tape parades written all over it. You've been up watching it? Yeah, I've been in the studio in Melbourne uh, doing that every every night. Same for the World Cup. Oh, it's a tough gig. It's, it's a tough gig. But, uh, and so Mark Taylor and I have swapped now. He's in the studio tonight, for example. Um, so I've watched all of it. Um, and... Yeah, they've been they've been performing solidly. Um, other than our top order, the teams are so well matched with mm. frail batting at times and great bowling. Um, and now England's bowling has let them down here at Old Trafford. What's Australia's going to do? It's it's um, time to win this test now for Australia. They'd like an early wicket here and, and forge on uh, through some bad weather maybe tomorrow and two good days. Australia got to be good here to win this. They look dangerous. I mean, certainly their bowlers already are making the ball jump around. Just a word on on Steve Smith. Uh, I mean, he he. We've run out of superlatives for yep. him over here. I mean, we've watched all these innings. You know, he's. I, I've just looked up actually. He's played thirty nine first innings of a test match. So he's batted in the first innings of a test match thirty nine times in his sixty seven tests. He's made sixteen hundreds in those thirty nine first innings. Average ninety six. Yep. Yes, so he has impact for and, his team. Yeah, and, and it was. I remember Ponting, Ricky Ponting, always saying he tried to make a hundred either in the first test of a series or in the first innings of a test match. Yeah. Very important to to make a statement. Definitely, and it's nice, but it's maybe at the easiest time to make your hundred. I'll bet he's made good third and fourth innings hundreds too when your team really needs it in tough conditions that the rough might be in front of you. He's got a shot and, a, and versatility to to get runs even in those conditions. Um, so I think superlatives, yeah, he's got something like Bradman had. I reckon he's got a different level of thinking and clarity in his mind to make it look as easy and as slow motion as he does compared to everyone else. It's the discrepancy between him and the next best of his generation, like the discrepancy of Bradman and the next best in his generation. It's not as big, but I reckon it's impossible to be as big as Bradman Mm. in the days of analysis. Imagine what the teams have tried to him already, and they just can't get any impact. Maybe is that the problem, that they've almost focused on so many... uh, I mean, because he's so unusual, they've focused on so many different uh, strategies for trying to get him out, and yet, actually, the times he played missed in this innings, has been when it's just on the fourth or fifth stump and moved away a bit. Yep, yep, and stay there. That, they, that's a good plan. And someone in the first test, uh, it might have been Jimmy Anderson. Uh, no, no he, only well, he only bowled four bowled overs. Broad. Um, it was Broad. It, someone Broad was do- beat him a bit. Yeah, he had l- quite a lot of luck yeah. in the early part of that uh, innings. And then they went off it very quickly to that man around the corner plan. Yeah, right? yeah. They put leg slip and leg gully or whatever in and bowled at his rib cage and armpit. I thought that's a good plan too. But that only lasted three overs. So there's your two plans, gone. They were both working and both both um, changed. So that, that was really, really weird and uh, not very constructive to the future of this series for England um, because they were sort of out of plans without even trying one. Um, so, yeah, he, he's... 
I mean, it must be. He is the difference, but he must be infuriating to bowl at because I I can remember bowling at uh, people who, you know, when they just slightly mishit the ball and then they do that sort of motion as if, well, this should have gone over here or I should have played this shot there or I should have pulled that one because, you know, I blocked it or something. When you do that, when batsmen are sort of almost gesticulating the shots that they meant to play or should have played, it actually drives a bowler nuts and in a way it's quite off-putting. Well, it's just another little like chink, you know, nail in your bowling coffin when you've beaten him and, and he thinks he's played a good shot. You know, there's often he says, I've, good ball, I played that really well. And he played and missed it, you know. But he's very proud that he's played the line, missed the ball, and that was his skill. That didn't get him out. So, yeah, that, that would be annoying. Not only his technique, he doesn't seem to care where his stumps are. He knows where they are. He doesn't care well, how many he shows you. There's a sort of certainty to it. I'll hit the ball wherever it is. So, yeah. in a way, the stumps are almost irrelevant. Yeah, and I, th- I don't know whether T20 started that, but I, I remember A.B. de Villiers was one of the early ones I saw just mm. walk away from his stumps, and, stumps and play shots um, and goad the bowlers into bowling where he thinks you're going to bowl. So, he's doing it for long, long periods. Um, he can also grind it out. So I thought his innings here in Old Trafford was very well balanced in in his conservation of his wicket. So he took his time, was very patient when he had to be, but he, he nailed the bad ball very well for four. And then the middle period, he had a lot of luck. Well, he, he, he yeah, you'd say he had a lot of luck. And, gee, he felt guilty, didn't he, walking back in, having been given not out because of that Jack Leach no ball. He just ground them into powder after that too. He did not have any mercy at all. And uh, he's he's a freak. He's, you know, I, I think close to Bradman would be the superlative that we have to have. I wonder have. if Bradman would have enjoyed... Did Bradman ever see him play? I think he died probably before no, he started. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, yeah it, it'll be that leg side grip that he's got. Mm-hmm. That's what Bradman had. Yeah. And Bradman actually changed his grip to play on the offside as the ball's coming down, that sort of stuff. The so Smith's got that, those hands. Yeah, Smith's got those hands which can change. Um, he calls them a gift. Uh, and not a whole lot of footwork, but he just waits for the ball and plays it so late with great balance. Mm. And you know he's now the leading run scorer in the world in Test cricket in 2019. Yeah. He's given a few other people <laughs> seven, seven months, months. start. Yeah. Yep. So has he finally uh, sort of silenced the dis- dissent in Australia over the, the sandpaper gate stuff? Do you think people have forgiven him now at home? Definitely, um, because he didn't do much wrong. Uh, he, he's been very heavily punished for being a lazy captain, basically. That's all he was. He wasn't involved in it, but it happened under his watch. I bet he wished he had waited for one more answer. He, he sort of said, what are you two doing? And and then said, I'll tell you what, I don't even want to know, and walked off. If he had just got that answer, everything would have been different. But, yeah, he certainly silenced everything. He, he's, been, uh, he's paid a heavy price for, for his involvement in that. So are you you setting up for a, a retention of Ashes celebration at the end of this test? So, yeah, I think it's worth setting up. We'll put the tables up and uh, maybe get the ice get the without the al- without the alcohol just yet. Uh, there's a lot of hard work to do this. I, you know, my hopes are that Australia don't have to bowl 
you know, consecutive innings. Um, so so you, put, you, you bat again, basically. Well, uh, well you, you know, only if you can. You know, England, England have only got to bat well in one innings and they're still in the ashes. So, so Australia would have liked more impact here tonight so far. Uh, and then now the weather gods have to be on their side, and they have to have time to get them out, bat again, and go, get them out again. That's not e- that's not easy on this wicket. It's pretty good batting, but uh, let, let's hope the rough really chops up. Well, thanks very much to Ian Healy, smug bastard. He sounds very confident of an Australian victory in this Ashes series, and I, I must admit it does look a little bit that way. But England, they've just got to really fight over the next two or three days and see if they can keep their pride and their record intact going into the Oval. Simon Mann will be back tomorrow when we'll report back from the third day's play. Hope you've enjoyed it, and don't forget to review this podcast on iTunes if you get a minute, because it's really nice to hear what you think and how we can improve it. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.